Um, so I'm actually going to start off this chapel with a confession that maybe the preacher of the year shouldn't say. Because why not? You only get one chance, right? The truth is, is I'm not, I'm not really all that great at this whole Christianity thing. I'm not really that good at it at all. You see, I was told a long, long time ago that this was going to be easy and that when you accept Jesus into your heart and all of these great things happen and all of a sudden you're happy and you're joyful and it's great. And then I started looking at colleges and I came here to Indiana Wesleyan and I remember on my college visit, I walked in Macon and there were people praying. And I came to chapel, and people were lifting their hands. And I said, wow, it is so easy for them, and I haven't gotten that easy view of Christianity yet, and so I wanted it. I wanted this to be easy. I wanted it to be fulfilling and great and awesome. And the truth is that it just wasn't. Because so many times we sit here and we talk about the Iwu bubble and how we don't reach out to the community enough and how we don't see the community enough, which is true. But also I don't think we see each other enough. The truth is, is we're all 20-something years old. We don't know what we're doing in life. We don't know where we're going. Nothing about where we're at right now is easy, so we're not going to sell an easy message here today because that's just not at the place in life that we are. So I'm not good at this Christianity thing, and I'm not good at this Christianity thing because I'm still trying to figure it out. We're all still trying to figure it out. And through figuring it out, I look at people reading Jesus Calling, and I feel guilty because I don't do that devotional. Or I feel guilty because I can't wake up at 5 a.m. and do devotionals because then I end up falling asleep. Or I feel guilty because when everybody else seems to feel the spirit in chapel and are lifting their hands, I'm not. I feel guilty because I end up reading the Bible more to talk to my friends about it and to tell them that I read the Bible than reading it to actually learn something about God. And then I feel like I don't belong. <laughs> There's a man in the Bible. His name is Zacchaeus. Most of us know exactly who that is due to a lovely children's song. But Zacchaeus felt the same exact way, that he just didn't belong because he wasn't good at this whole God thing. So if y'all would open up your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. That's where we're going to be today. And just as a precursor to that, I know oftentimes we open up our Bibles and we read it, and we read it like it's thousands of years away, because it is. But the human emotion, the feelings, the hurt, and the pain are still completely and totally relevant and the same to every single thing we feel today. So with that, let's dive right in. 19 verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho 
and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Zacchaeus is just like you and me. He doesn't belong. You see, Zacchaeus is a Jew. In fact, his name means purity. Literally, he is supposed to be the best Jew there is. He is named to be that way. However, he's not. Zacchaeus was raised following God making the sacrifices at the temple, doing all the right things, just like most of us in this room. And yet somewhere along the line, something happened. He made a fatal mistake. He decided to be a tax collector. Most of us know what tax collectors are in the Bible and how they're not really great people and how they would actually take money from people in order to make themselves very wealthy. But Zacchaeus wasn't just a tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. He took the most money. He was in charge of all of the people taking the money. And he had literally all the power in the entire city. He could make people's lives absolutely miserable, and he did. And so therefore, people didn't like him. The Jews didn't like him because they ruined their lives. Zacchaeus is the reason that some children were starving and that some people couldn't put clothes on their back. He was a sinner. But at the same time, Zacchaeus also didn't fit into this Roman crowd either because he was a Jew. And the Romans didn't really like the Jews all that much. And so to the Romans, he was a middleman, just a guy used to get the money. Who cares if the townspeople beat him up? Who cares if the townspeople are mean to him? They didn't. So he didn't belong. He was in a society in which he just did not fit in whatsoever. And then he hears about this guy named Jesus coming. And Zacchaeus is lonely, and he is without any friend. And I honestly think that Zacchaeus didn't run towards Jesus or didn't try to meet Jesus because it was Jesus. I think Zacchaeus tried to meet Jesus because it was somebody who didn't know him. It was for the first time in his life there was somebody coming to town who had not power, but everybody loved him 
People came from miles around just to see this man. And Zacchaeus said, if I can just meet him, if I can see him, if people can see that Jesus likes me, maybe other people will like me too. Maybe I won't be so alone. Maybe I won't be so hurt all of the time. So he starts pushing through this crowd, and he's standing there, and people are shoving him back, and he can't get to Jesus, and this crowd is just completely annihilating him, not letting him get to Christ because it's Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus doesn't deserve it. Zacchaeus doesn't deserve it. A lot of times, we think of the turning point in the story of Zacchaeus as when he climbs the tree, but it's not. It's when he leaves the crowd. It's when he's pushing through to get to Jesus, and he just says, I'm done. It's the climax of the story where he decides that getting to Jesus is so important that he's not going to take the main route anymore. That getting to Jesus is the one thing that he needs, and so he can't push through this crowd. He has to run away from it. I think we do the same in our own lives. The truth is, is that we all have crowds in our lives, right? We all have things that we feel like we need to push through in order to get to Jesus every single day. So what is that for you? What is the crowd in your life? Well, for me, the crowd's comparison. Maybe it's for you too. For me, the crowd is looking at my friends reading the Bible and saying, if I was a good enough Christian, if I read my Bible more, if I read Jesus Calling, if I did all of these great things, if I spent 30 minutes in prayer every day, then maybe God would love me. But God won't love me until I do that. So I have to push through it. I have to get through my crowd to get to Jesus. Or maybe, maybe, just maybe, that crowd for you is kind of the obvious one here that we talk about a lot, sin. Maybe it's you thinking that, oh, Kalina, you don't know what I do. You don't know what happens when my dorm room door is closed. You don't understand who I am. God could never love me because of who I am, because of what I do, because of what sins I have committed. So you push through and you say, if I can fix this, if I can get over this by myself, then Jesus will love me and I will be good enough for God. Or maybe it's the really hard topic. It's the things that have been done to us. It's you saying that lie to yourself that you're damaged goods. It's the people that have been sexually and emotionally and physically abused. And you think to yourself that nobody, including God, could ever love me because I am damaged goods. Maybe you don't feel like you fit into a crowd, which is fine. So, I'm going to come into the crowd and tell you that you guys fit in. You can be 
a perpetual liar, cheater, thief. You can be gay, lesbian, bisexual, or straight. You can be a man or woman addicted to porn or masturbation. You can be the person that cuts themselves just to feel the pain of knowing that they're alive. Or you can be the person that doesn't remember the last full meal you had because of the pure fact that you just got to keep up appearances. Or you can shove your finger down your throat after every single meal to do the same thing. You could think more about how to end your life than how to actually live it. And God will still love you every single day. God will still love you. Originally, I wasn't going to do this, but there's one person in the crowd, one person that inspired this entire sermon that I have to talk to. And don't worry, I don't know your name because it's anonymous, so I have no clue who you are. But I was told by my professor that, Kalina, just because you're a narrative speaker doesn't mean you can't throw in a story. So here's story time. When I was writing this sermon, I was praying to God, and I was like, God, what do you want to tell these people? And he was like, love. Tell them that they're loved. Okay, well, that's kind of dumb because we go to a Christian university, God. Try again. (laughs) Yeah, don't say that to God because you'll end up preaching about love. (laughs) But anyways, I prayed over and over and over again, and finally the sermon just fell into place, and I still thought it was a really stupid sermon, to be completely honest with you guys. And then... I started looking for brokenness on this campus. And when you look for it, it isn't hard to find. I asked my friend who led a prayer event earlier in the year if he knew of any brokenness on this campus. And he said, yeah, I have a lot of brokenness to show you. 57, 57 anonymous prayer requests from a prayer event, 57 random people, 57 of you, your neighbor, the person in the row behind you, wrote prayer requests on these note cards. Some have over 10 prayer requests, and they have been prayed for ever since you wrote them down. But I was reading through these, and I saw one, one prayer request. And I'm going to call you Green Pen because you wrote on your card, Green Pen. You're the reason that this sermon's here today. And it says, what if I'm not a good enough Christian for God to love me? I kid you not. That fell into my lap. So Green Pen, I don't know who you are, I don't know where you are, but I want you to know that God loves you, and I want you to know that God loves you because I feel the same exact way, and God loves me. And I know for a fact that God loves you, because when Zacchaeus climbed the tree, and when he left the crowd, instead of Jesus laughing at him because 
Zacchaeus was doing something a child would do. It's embarrassing. He looked at Zacchaeus and he said, get down. Get down from there, Zacchaeus. Don't you know you didn't have to do that? Don't you know I was looking for you? For the Son of Man has come to seek. He has come to seek. He is looking for you to seek and save the lost. So get down, Zacchaeus, right now. The Son of Man has come to seek and save the lost. So today, guys, just leave your crowd. Just get fed up with the brokenness and the hurt in your life and run from it. But don't just run from it. Run to God. Because, man, he is coming. And, man, he is here. And he's looking for you. I'm not saying that because God loves us, we can continue living in the ways we are. So don't, don't think I'm giving you guys a get-out-of-jail-free card here, because I'm not. I am just saying that you are good enough every single day for the love that God has for you. And that is it. That is the message. That is the gospel. That you are good enough, because Zacchaeus was good enough. But... The crowds in our life won't leave just because we have Jesus, which is where the whole I'm not preaching something easy to you comes in today. I'm being real with you, every single one of you. When Zacchaeus went and followed Jesus, the crowd said, can't believe he's eating with a sinner. The crowd was mean and the crowd was mad and the crowd was angry. So there Zacchaeus and Jesus were in a house eating with a mean and angry crowd. But Jesus was still there. Jesus was still there even though Zacchaeus didn't admit to any sins or anything like that. Jesus was still there even though the crowd outside still hated him. Jesus was still there. But it wasn't until Jesus got into the house it wasn't until Zacchaeus got and sat down with Jesus and started learning from him and being in fellowship with him that he said, I'm going to appease the crowd. I'm going to pay them off, and they're never going to bug me again. And so he did. He paid them off. And then Jesus looked at Zacchaeus and said, salvation has come to this house today. But the truth is, salvation was there all along. Zacchaeus just had to realize it was there. So what's going to happen is the band's going to come up, and we're going to talk a little bit about how you guys can leave your crowd. Maybe today you need to come up here, and you need to just simply ask God, God, I know you love me, but I feel like I'm not good enough for that love. And so I want you to show me how I can best love you. Because honestly, I don't know how. And waking up at 5 a.m. to read the Bible isn't really my thing. So if you could just show me how to do that. Maybe it's you coming up here today with an accountability partner and saying, God, okay, it's fine. 
I have this sin in my life. I admit that I have this sin in my life. And me and this accountability partner, we're going we're gonna to help each other get rid of it. And we're going to do so by inviting you in first. Or maybe this is your time for the people that have had completely unjust and not right things done to them to come up here and to pray that God gives you the strength and the courage to go and talk to someone, whether that's at the Center for Student Success or any of your RAs or ARDs or RDs. Just go and talk to someone. So as the band plays, it's actually one of my favorite worship songs, this is your time to come up here and to leave the crowd literally and to ask for God's love, to realize God's love that's already there. Before they start, I just have one more reminder. You are good enough. God does love you. But you will never experience that love in its fullness unless you come and accept it. God loves you. This time